You're listening to More Than a Song, episode 36. Hello, and welcome to this episode of More Than a Song. My name is Michelle Nizat, and this is the podcast dedicated to helping you discover the truth of Scripture, hidden in today's popular Christian music. My goal is to teach you to connect portions of God's Word with the songs you're singing along with on the radio, to help you meditate on truths that will transform your way of thinking and ultimately your life. My goal for this podcast is to catapult you into God's Word because it's not the lyrics of the song that will change your life, but the truths found in God's Word that are repeated in the lyrics. Truth changes you. That's why I love Christian music. It repeats truth, not logic, but truth based on the truths found in God's Word. I've yet to review a song on this podcast where the songwriter said, yeah, I was reading this poet or saw this movie in Hollywood that inspired me to write this song. No, I mean, it's the truths found in God's word that have invaded their very being. And when that meets up with real life circumstances and feelings, they are inspired to put those meditations to a melody that targets our hearts through our circumstances, even if they're different. And you don't really have to know the backstory to this week's song, He Knows, by Jeremy Camp, to see that the the lyrics come from a place of deep sorrow and pain. Just listen to the first verse. All the bitter, weary ways, the endless driving day by day, you better have the strength to pray in the valley low. And how hard your fight has been, how deep the pain within wounds that no one else has seen hurts too much to show and all the doubt you're standing in between and all the way that brings you to your knees jeremy camp in a youtube video sharing uh the story behind this song i will link to this uh, youtube video in the show notes He talks about losing his first wife to cancer and his testimony that he shares in a book that he wrote. And in the video, he shares that since he wrote the book and and has shared his story, oftentimes broken people just approach him now that they've heard his story and just ask him, how did you make it through? And he admits that it's been a good experience that people come and, and ask him this, but it's also been hard because he wants to say the right thing. And he says that God just always points me back to the scriptures in these circumstances. I love that. And he goes on to point out that John 1135, where it says Jesus wept. Now, this is in the midst of the story where Jesus's dear friend Lazarus has died. And I agree with Jeremy. He points to this story as an example of Jesus's compassion and ability to feel deeply. We serve a Savior who has felt pain and sorrow, just like we do. And Hebrews chapter 4 even says this. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who's been tempted in all things as we are, yet without sin. And so when you look at this this section of Hebrews, that was verse 15, you really need to read the next verse, uh, verse 16. The, The next verse really adds context because the very next word right there in verse 16 is therefore and whenever you see that word you need to look to see 
what it's there for. And if we look closely, we see that Jesus sympathizes with our weaknesses. He is approachable and yet holy. He was without sin. Therefore, scripture says, therefore, let us draw near with confidence to the throne of grace so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Now, all of this makes me think of a story in the Old Testament, and it's the opening story to 1 Samuel. It's the beginning of Samuel's story, but with as with all of our beginnings, our stories begin with our parents. And I love this section of scripture because it really reads like a story and it's easy to get lost in it all. And I was actually preparing for this podcast. I wanted to focus on Hannah's story. This is Samuel's mother, Hannah, specifically Hannah's pain. But I got so caught up in the story that I just kept reading. I was reading chapter after chapter long past the story that I wanted to focus on today. This brings me to one of the ways that you can interact with God's word. Sometimes you need to give yourself permission to stop and ponder one word or one thought, and I have encouraged you to do that here on the podcast. But other times, it's good to read and reread a section of scripture as well. I've had you do that also. But then there's this great benefit in reading and then keep on reading. At the beginning of this year, I participated in a Bible read-through with a group of folks who all committed to reading through the Bible in four months. I'll link to that podcast challenge that I responded to. In fact, if you're interested in this, I may do it again next year from January to April because of really what I got out of it. And what it did to me was draw out the big picture ideas that I miss when I'm looking at God's Word through a microscope. I remember telling my mentor that it was really hard for me to do because I love to explore God's Word. I like to look up words in the Greek and the Hebrew. I like to look at maps of the locations mentioned as I'm reading. I like to analyze the details and discover lists and repetition. All of these things I teach you on this podcast. But when you read through the Word, when you read through the whole Bible in four months, You have to read and keep on reading. In fact, you have to read about 30 to 45 minutes a day. You don't stop at chapters or story sections. You just keep an eye on the clock and just keep reading. So if you're in a rut and you keep interacting with God's word the same way, maybe you're using a devotional, maybe you're reading just one chapter a day or following a directed Bible study. Maybe you can do like me and just pick up 1 Samuel and read and keep on reading. You have permission to get lost in the story. But anyway, I digress. Or do I? I mean, after all, my goal is for you to be inspired to get in God's word. But back to why I picked up uh, 1 Samuel. I want you to read the story for yourself, but I will kind of give you the cliff's nose here. There was a man named Elkanah, and he had two wives, Hannah and Peninnah. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing her name, so I'm just going to call her Penny. But Hannah was barren, and she could not conceive. And then Penny over here had sons and daughters. And Elkanah loved Hannah, and he tried to comfort her um, by honoring her. When they would go to Shiloh to sacrifice, he would give her a double portion. And I'm going to pick up here in verse 6 of 1 Samuel chapter 1. It says, her rival, and that's how the Bible actually refers to Penny. It says, her rival, however, would provoke her bitterly 
to irritate her because the Lord had closed her womb. It happened year after year. As often as she went up to the house of the Lord, she would provoke her. So she wept and would not eat. Then Elkanah, her husband, said to her, Hannah, why do you weep? And why do you not eat? And why is your heart so sad? Am I not better to you than ten sons? And that's, again, in First Samuel chapter 1. Now, he's trying here. I mean, I can just picture this man. He's doing his best to comfort his wife with the resources at his disposal. And I really don't think that his actions toward her are, are out of pity, but they are definitely out of love. But even so, Hannah is sorrowful. In fact, later on, she refers to herself as oppressed in spirit. Now, I cannot imagine what life was like for Hannah. And the Bible said that this happened year after year. I, I can't even imagine sharing my husband with another woman, but then to have to share him with someone like old Penny, I don't think I could bear it. I mean, the gall of the lady. Have you ever known someone so cruel that they would delight in torturing others? I don't understand the depth of sorrow that Penny must be experiencing to be so cruel. Um, surely it has to do something with jealousy. But even so, that kind of cruelty is just not warranted. She tormented Hannah over something that was completely outside of her control. And it hurt Hannah deeply. Now, I don't know your situation. I don't know the depth of your sorrow. Perhaps it's like Jeremy's. You've lost someone you love. Perhaps you've been on the receiving end of the kind of unkindness that Penny is dishing out to Hannah here in this story. But like Hannah, you can boldly approach the Father with your sorrow and your need. Why? Because He knows. He knows. it bring comfort to know that someone else is going through just what you are? I think it's because God is a relational God. He he himself relates to himself. He has relationship with Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And he's created us in his image. So it makes sense that we would want to relate to others. And I think that's why support groups work, because the knowledge that others suffer in the same way we do can offer Opportunity for guidance, I'm sure, within that group. But most of all, it brings comfort to know that you're not alone and that you're heard. Now, Christ has walked through suffering, and he knows and he understands. But he's also our example. First Peter, in a section, it's really addressing slaves, but First Peter uh, chapter 2, verses 19 and 21 says this, For God is pleased when conscious of his will... You patiently endure unjust treatment. For God has called you to do good, even if it means suffering, just as Christ suffered for you. He is your example, and you must follow in his steps. 
Now, just because this was originally written to slaves, I think that the call to patiently endure can be applied to all of our circumstances. And if we look at, if we look back at the example that we started with in Hannah, she patiently endured year after year of complete torment. So how did her story turn out? Well, one time during this horrific torment, Hannah left the situation. She went to pray. And scripture says that Hannah was in deep anguish, crying bitterly as she prayed to the Lord. And the high priest, Eli, he notices that her lips are moving, but no sounds are coming out. He just assumes that she was drunk and he calls her on it. And she says, oh, no, sir, she replied. I haven't been drinking wine or anything stronger, but I am very discouraged. And I was pouring out my heart to the Lord. Don't think I'm a wicked woman, for I've been praying out of great anguish and sorrow. The rest of the story is that Eli blesses her and asks that God would grant her request for a son. I really want you to read the story for yourself because the details are so rich. She does have a son and and then more sons and daughters. So take that penny, but we can learn a lot from Hannah's response. First of all, it's obvious that she endured year after year after year. And the scripture says it, that she was oppressed in spirit and she was so discouraged. She was praying out of anguish and sorrow. Just look at the details. Look at the, the, uh, the, the adjectives used here in this scripture. But she endured. And then second of all, she prayed. And my question is, if you are in a deep, sorrowful situation, are you praying are you? I mean, I think a lot of times we think we're praying when what we're doing is just thinking about it a lot, but we're not laying it at the feet of Jesus and being so transparent and honest with ourselves and with him that we could cry out with bitter sorrow, but leave it at his feet, actually pray. Also, she prayed a very specific prayer. And interestingly enough, it was not a prayer against Penny. It was a prayer for a son. She prayed a very specific prayer. And now I'm not going to say that God will answer every single one of your prayers like he did Hannah with a yes. But I'm telling you right now, he does answer our prayers. So then she, she endured, she prayed, and she received. God answered her prayer for a son. I really want you to read the story. It's magnificent. And then she rejoiced. Uh, there's a, a prayer in this section of scripture that is so beautiful. I want you to read it. It's really a a praise, a prayer of praise back to her heavenly father, who she obviously knew well. She understood his character and his characteristics, and she repeated that praise back to him. And then for those of you who are interested in this kind of thing, I this week also compared Hannah's prayer in this section of scripture to Mary's prayer, the, the mother of Jesus found in Luke. Compare those two prayers. It's very interesting. So, and then then she kept her word. So her very specific prayer to God was that she asked him for a son, and then she promised that she would give that son back to him. And she did just that. She raised Samuel until he was old enough to be left with the high priest at, uh, the, at Shiloh, and she would only see him once a year. So she prayed this prayer, she received it, but then she also kept her word back to the Father. So she endured, she prayed, she received, she rejoiced, and she kept her word. 
Psalm 34 verse 18 says, The Lord is close to the brokenhearted. He rescues those whose spirits are crushed. Hannah was brokenhearted and he rescued her. Her spirits were crushed and he rescued her. Be mindful that it may not be on the timeline you are hoping for, but be comforted that he knows and he rescues. So what's next? Well, I think you probably know this, but I really want you to spend time in 1 Samuel this week. Familiarize yourself with Hannah's story um, and her prayer and maybe, just maybe, get lost in the story and then keep on reading. Maybe this week, don't be so analytical. Don't break apart each verse and each word. Just read and keep on reading and see if some bigger picture ideas begin to jump out at you. And then while you're in God's word this week, let me know how you're doing. Hop on Twitter at Michelle Nizat or Facebook. Michelle L. Nizat is my public page. Let's talk about what you're learning or leave a comment on this week's show notes. MichelleNizat.com forward slash 36. Just a few quick announcements as we close today. I really appreciate all of you who listen. More than words can describe. Thank you in advance for subscribing to the podcast in iTunes. And while you're there, would you leave a star rating and a written review? I would really appreciate it. It really gives me credibility as people are looking at my podcast. And as always, if you take the time to review my podcast, I will take the time to personally thank you right here on the podcast. And then second, keeping God's word front and center in your mind every day is really important. So as you're in scripture and spending time there, if you'll underline key verses that jump out at you and review them regularly, it's a wonderful way to hide God's word in your heart. And I have tried to create a resource to help us do that. And so I've created wallpapers for the desktop, smartphones and tablets, and even a printable. It's a new memory verse each week related to the podcast, and uh, you can get that for free free. If you'll just go to michellekneesat.com, subscribe to my email list, I will email you those free memory verse resources each week. It is my gift to you to thank you for listening. Well, that's it for this episode of More Than a Song. My next podcast will feature You Amaze Us by Selah. If you liked this episode, would you mind sharing it with others? I've made it really easy. With one click, you can share via Facebook, Twitter, or email. Just head over to michellekneesat.com forward slash 36. And while you're there, I'd love to hear from you. Click on comment to join the conversation. Until next time, take time to meditate on God's word and consider his ways.